Welcome everybody. This is the very first episode of the Ministry of Current Affairs. I am Noob. This is my co-host Cheders. Hey Cheders. Hi. And also our guest for today, Wolf. Uh, Wolf in Den Zero on Twitch. Hi everybody. Uh, we're gonna uh, do a quick video just to start with. They're all gone, man. The left has taken over social media. Based. <laughs> what are we going to start off with? All right. Yeah, I'm really curious. I mean, we should probably start off. Uh, my audio is included now, right? <laughs> now, now your audio is included. There we go. Everybody can be oh, heard. Yeah. So we're going to start off by talking about the topic, the attack on the Capitol and what it means for US democracy. And Cheddar, you said you had a question for Brett, right? Yeah, we should probably start off by um, explaining our political positions first off. I mean, I know that Brett uh, is a conservative. I would consider myself a socialist. Um, like, If we're going to be um, more specific about it, I'd call myself a libertarian socialist for funsies. But um, I'd call myself a socialist. Uh, what what would you say, Noob? Uh, I'd say I'm a bit further left than that, and I believe in a, a large government, uh, and I don't particularly like uh, private enterprise. Uh, Rhett, would you care to explain your political position? My political position is more of I want whatever is better for me in the long run, for my country itself. So, yes, I am, I would say, conservative. Yes, I do see some of the points of the left, you know. But at the same time, though, it's like, I don't like handouts. So it's like, yeah, conservative, I'd rather be on the right side here. What would you consider a handout in this scenario? I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of more of impeachment. I'm, well, impeachment. Blah! I'm way <laughs> off topic there. <laughs> More of a neutral, uh, independent. Yeah, like, Brett always strikes me as the kind of person who, like, isn't really into politics and, like, just sort of, um, like, it's sort of your average, like, your ultimate average doesn't really, isn't really that into politics, but since politics is so big now, would consider himself conservative and just the sort of atypical sort of, like, conservative like milk toast called conservative you know yeah I, so like well, on, on that's opinion on things because i know that i like me and you are like big fucking uh, we would be considered radical leftists so we've got our opinions and everything already like pretty much cemented so it's like 
it'd be really interested to see like where Brett's coming from for a lot of this. I, I'd say that the, Brett is um, a product of the political spectrum in America in the sense that it's very much divided between the, the conservatives and what they consider to be the left, uh, which is the, the Democrats in this case. Uh, Brett, you were going to say? Well, like that right there, I want to I want to put it in perspective too. You guys don't live here. I do. <laughs> so that's a good part. It's, it's like you guys are kind of like sitting there on the you know across the pond there, sitting there going, "What are you going to do, America? Come here, come here." I think I think like being on the outside and looking in. I mean, I'm from the UK and we've got our own problems. We're Brexiting and doing all this stuff, but in regards to like the insurrection that happened at Congress, like, I look into things quite a lot and kind of make sure that I've got as much credible information as I can get before forming, like, any kind of decent opinion. And to me, it just generally seemed like the president was, like, stood in between two flags that said stop the steal and convinced a bunch of people to go and fucking do a coup, dude, to go and do an insurrection. That's what it looks like. See, see, on that note there, I didn't really see that because I wasn't really kept up to date on what was going on over, you know, with the Capitol and stuff. All I did was hear about it later. So it's more of, you know, I'm kind of surprised that they did it. But at the same time, though, it was something that was coming. But yet, though, it's like after we've seen what happened in the past year... They're calling that a, what I what I don't really like though about it though is that they're calling it a terroristic act. But you know what about all the you know what all the you know Black Lives Matter movement stuff like that done you know last year? How is that no different than what happened now? Just before I mean, we there wasn't. I'd like it, to interrupt. It, it, it just kind of throws me. I'd like to interrupt you for this um, Black Lives Matter point because I find it interesting that the ever since the the attack on the Capitol, we've been drawing parallels with what what the the rioting and what happened during the Black Lives Matter attack, the 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 rioting of the local businesses and in many uh, scenarios the ethnically owned local businesses um, and. W w the the American media is talking a lot about how the um, how the Black Lives Matter riot uh, caused more property damage. It it was in fact uh, more um, more of a vandalizing act. But we 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 did witness um, the several several hundreds of people trying to break into the Capitol building and breaking windows and. Uh, uh, stealing from the from inside the the buildings, it, it I, I think it it draws an interesting parallel there. Well, like that notion there. Okay, I remember when Trump was first inaugurated, and a lot of people were displeased on that side, and they actually rioted then too, and there was stuff burned, and you know businesses were trash and stuff like that but it wasn't as bad as what it became as of last year for the riots for the black lives matter movement i think that once trump was actually in i think that's whenever it's like now that stuff 
you know, exploded even more. Uh, since we're we're now talking about the Black Lives Matter riots, and in, in indeed the um, a major year in what was the Trump presidency, we could uh, maybe shift the topic a little bit to uh, include the last four years of uh, American politics since um, since uh, Trump was elected, which, in my opinion, and I'm sure Cheddar's would agree. Uh, shifted American politics further to the to the right and the far right in in some cases uh, to nearly fascist extremes uh, with uh, the kids in cages scandal and the the migrant bans. Uh, it it was indeed an unprecedented four years in what was uh, a fairly moderate uh, uh, country in terms of politics uh wouldn't you agree to others yeah i mean i don't think anyone really cared that much about politics really i never i definitely got way more into politics as a result of like brexit and the trump thing like they were two major things that seemed like super right-wing signifiers a little bit both brexit and that happened in pretty quick succession and as a result of that like it felt like being more on the left seemed like important, you know, but it wasn't attractive at the time. I think over like the past four years, things like YouTube and stuff have been dominated by like right wing ideologues. And it's only in the past couple of years that we've ever really seen any kind of leftist YouTubers come to any kind of like prominence, you know? So I think like, even when I think back to these two events, the Trump election, and the Brexit thing, like, the internet was just dominated by anti-SJW stuff and anti-leftist stuff. And it seemed like a really weird time. Even I started to feel like my political sort of like position had sort of moved away from me in a way. Because like, bro, I don't want to be associated with any crazy SJWs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree. I think things did start moving to the right a little bit and it was a bit... It was just it's just been a weird time and i feel like maybe now especially like since all the bannings and since like this crazy insurrection and all of this it's like people are like definitely like reaping what they've sold and they've been like and then everyone's saying oh no we've done all this sewing now we don't have to do all this reaping and everyone's freaking out about it so maybe it'll be uh maybe the whole world will move slightly to the left who knows that'd be nice I, I well, don't know if... Well, like, go, go for it, Brett. Like, well, like, okay, when, when Obama was in, and then we switched over to the last four years, there was a lot of people relying on the government, stuff like that, and it, it really made the U.S. suffer. Because it's like, I could, you know, you guys know me, I'm a, I'm a professional driver, I go out every day trying to earn a hard dollar. So it's just like, everything counted on you know what i done you know every every step that i took everything like that you know if i didn't make it to say okay like hauling medicine if i was hauling medicine that day guess what if i didn't get there on time somebody wasn't getting their medicine or something like that but a lot of the medicine that i was transporting was just more of a drug for somebody to stay at home 
to say that they were in pain. And it's just like, for me, like I was really trying years ago to get a house. And that was during the Obama administration. I couldn't get a house because I wasn't on Section 8 or anything like that. And I couldn't even afford some of the houses. Some of the houses were going for $1,600, $1,700 or more. And the house was only maybe a two-bedroom house or even a two-bedroom apartment or even just a studio apartment. So, I mean, in the long run, that's a lot of money right there. But yet, though, I couldn't afford it because of all the stuff that Obama did. And then everybody took advantage of that because they wanted that money from the government. So that way their stuff would be paid. While, you know, I've seen, I'm sure you guys have seen the pictures and stuff like that on Facebook, you know, of, you know, a guy going out who works every day, no assistance. And, you know, show they show their fridges, you know, bare empty. But then you had somebody that was, you know, who didn't work, who had a brand new cell phone, brand new car, you know, a full fridge and, you know, their kids had brand new clothes and stuff like that because they were living off the government pretty much. Which I'll admit, yeah, if the government would pay me, you know, what I want paid every month, hey, I'll quit my job today. But I know that right there is not true. You can't get nothing that you want for free. So when Trump came in, it was like, whoa, my job just got three times easier. In what way? How did you, um, how did Trump, like, make your job easier? Like, explain, explain that. How did, um, like, looking into it, it seems like all that Trump really did was give then, tax cuts to people that were already pretty fucking wealthy, dude, and a bunch of failed-ass promises. So I'm really curious as to how you... Trump has made anyone's life better. That's not already pretty fucking wealthy. Well, what's the what's the most common drug that most people always need? The EpiPen, right? Yes. And I've hauled countless loads for that. Well, to haul that load right there alone used to pay back when it first started really, really low. Well, actually, it was actually really high. Actually, you know, it might charge you know a thousand two thousand dollars just to haul it you know to another state well then they got greedy started charging more for that which then started in the long run i get dinged for it and it started paying me less so the EpiPen, make it for about 20 bucks 20 bucks is what all the products you know all that stuff that you need to make it roughly to what if to what i'm understanding and what i followed from old resources from watching the court cases on it from time to time. Now they want $700 for it. Well, the only reason why anybody was even able to get the EpiPens was because they were getting the medical assistance from the government. That's why it skyrocketed so high. But yet, though, back long ago, I can go out, buy them. Like, I could buy 20 of them. You know, if they were only 20 bucks a pop, I can buy 20 of them. And still have money to still pay my house, my house bills, you know, every bill that I have for my house, stuff like that. But then when Trump got in, that's what he really tried to get rid of to put it back to that state to where we can go back to buying an EpiPen for $20 instead of having to pay 
for something that's going to save my kids' life. So you're saying Trump lowered the cost of EpiPens? No, I'm not saying Trump lowered the cost of EpiPens, but yet though that's what he was trying to do. Make everything back to more cost effective instead of being okay. I try to go get a I try to go get a apartment. Well, instead of an apartment being 17, you know, $2,000, now it's down to the price range that it should be at, around 600 to 1,000 dollars something that I can actually afford instead of trying to pay, you know, a thousand dollars more, but yet though I still have to pay all the bills, you know, gas, electric, water, all that stuff. Well, if it's $600, I can afford gas, electric, water, because it ends up being close to a thousand bucks instead of 2000. And then you also have to pay all the <coughs> bills, which will end up being close to, we'll say 2,500, 2,600 right around. I'm just so, not sure Trump had anything like really to do with like lowering of house costs and stuff, you know. It was more behind the scenes. I think like you didn't really you really didn't notice it. That was stuff that nobody really noticed, but yet they still said that he was the bad guy. I and, that, and that's some of the things that I that's some of the things that like you guys, you guys don't really know how our infrastructure really is over here when it comes to money wise. So it's like, I know you guys do the pound system, stuff like that, and I know it's confusing as hell whenever you guys try to explain it to me. So I know whenever I try to say how much I make compared to what you guys make, you guys sit there and calculate, well, that, you know, one dollar equals this much in pounds and or francs or whatever. If I might just interject here, I think what, what Brett is saying as some uh amount of truth to it in the fact that what the trump presidency really meant in terms of policy was kind of hidden but the 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 um, it wasn't exactly a media cover-up uh, the the any policy that could have come out of the trump administration was mired uh, by what was essentially an endless uh, news cycle of uh, scandal after scandal. I mean, uh, during Trump's 100 days, we have the we we have the start of the of the um, the Russia scandal. We have uh, James Comey, who was on on his way on his way out to be fired by Trump. We have the. Uh, scandals with uh the the Breitbart dude what was his name uh who, who was essentially a, a, a fascist we have the um, we have the um, the kids in cages scandal shortly after i think it was in his first year as well as well as the travel ban and this was all before corona after corona i couldn't uh, I, I am a person who, who follows the news and I couldn't tell you what came out of policy uh, from the Trump administration. I, I I could not say with all certainty uh, what, actually, what the Trump administration actually did in terms of policy uh, other than the fact that they tried to end Obamacare uh, three or four times, uh, and, and that uh, they uh, they passed the tax cuts, and uh, they tried to get the budget to include uh, money for the the border wall. Other than those, 
than those which were uh, moves of of marketing more than even politics. Uh, I I couldn't tell you what he actually did in terms of policy as a president. He, he leaves he, he leaves the White House as the most uh, unknown president in history. In terms, Yo, of he didn't do shit. He just gave a tax break to the wealthy. He uh, said he would do a bunch of things like Medicare and a wall and like fucking a bunch of things. He didn't do shit. He just gave a tax break to the wealthy. Like that's mm. fucking pretty much all he did. Well, like that cheddars. Giving those tax breaks a little bit, okay. No, but trickle down economics doesn't really work. Like, like it just doesn't. All he like, if you look to like a bunch of billionaires, like pretty much every billionaire on the planet got like pretty fucking richer during the pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, just nothing good happened under this dude's president. Like nothing, nothing good. Only bad shit. Well, I I understand that. You know, he gave how he gave the tax breaks to the to the millionaires and billionaires and stuff like that. But then you also have to think, though, for the taxes that they pay out, because, I mean, for how much money that, I mean, we're literally taxed for everything. You know, I go, you know, I go to the gas station. There's taxes just for buying gas along with, you know, anything in that store. It's called sales tax. And it's just like, you know, going and buy, you know, just buying online. There's all kinds of taxes. There's import tax. There's all other kinds of stuff that are all lined in with that. Um, me and Noob actually had this discussion the other day, I believe, of, well, of just all the taxes that are in America. There's taxes for everything. Even when I go to work, I'm taxed. And then I have to pay, you know, taxes on my house. I have to pay taxes on you know, owning my vehicle and stuff like that, my insurance, you know, everything. Right, those taxes, know, like, sales tax. nothing really changed it. I mean, your life probably, like, your financial well-being maybe got very, very marginally worse, while a bunch of rich people got, I wouldn't say considerably better, because they'll never notice anyway, but, you know, better than we'll ever do, like... Um, it sounds like I'm saying that out of spite, but it's just, it's kind of shitty, like, when you look into it. It just does fucking suck a little bit. Um, do you want to get back on the topic of, like, what happened at Congress, though? Like, uh, yeah. you yeah. said, um, I think Brett said that he didn't really um, hear what Trump was saying, uh, what really happened leading up to the insurrection. But someone on Twitter did this, like, pretty amazing deep dive of exactly, like, you know, from like the beginning, uh, exactly like what Trump said all the way leading up to the interaction. And it's not a terribly long tweet, and I just sent it to you, Noob. Yeah, uh, it's it's actually on screen now, so our, our viewers on Twitch and YouTube can uh, see. Uh, anyone on uh, Spotify will have to look for the tweet. It's made by uh, at Seth Abramson. Uh, so give it a, a look. Um the the first tweet seems to say first many don't realize that while the name of the rally was stop the steal trump spoke flanked by banners that read save america march save america being the pack trump has used since the election to scam voters out of more than 300 million dollars for election defense the second tweet says it appears there i mean i'm just going to i mean 
I've, li- I mean, apart from a NIST thread, I've legitimately not really heard that said anywhere. The fact that he was kind of flanked between two flags that said stop the steal. It's like, I'm probably going to like stop you at the end of each tweet and say something about it because it's all these like little insidious things. Like he may not say, hey, let's go and storm the capital and kill everybody or whatever. But he's stood in between two flags that are telling people to do that. Like. It's just one little insidious thing after another that was leading up to it, dude. It's proper disturbing, I think. Sorry, though. Go on. Um, sorry, dude. The, the second link says, It appears, therefore, that the link between Trump, his opposition to Biden's January 6th certification in Congress, and the insurrectionist march on the Capitol is one that comes incredibly with a paper trail, as it appears Trump paid for the seditious Save America march. So it it seems to me that the fr- from what I've heard, he actually said the words uh I will march with you down uh Pennsylvania Avenue uh, uh or something along these lines. And and it does yeah, it seem didn't. It, it does seem that there was the intent for it to be a march that down down from the White House to Capitol. Uh the second tweet is followed by the uh, a tweet saying, seconds into his speech, Trump says, these people are not going to take it any longer. They're not going to take it any longer. They came from all over the country. I just really want to see what they do. It's an astonishing admission. He thinks something is going <laughs> to happen. Right, it's like he can't stop himself, dude. He's like... It's like when I'm playing Among Us, right, and I'm the imposter, and I low-key, like, slip in, like, hey, maybe I might be the imposter. It's, it's like, it's the same thing I do. <laughs> it's like, hmm, just to, um, just to, like, lick it up a little. <laughs> um, well, yeah, Brett. On, on that note, though, I don't, I don't really think, like how you guys said, he didn't say, go storm the Capitol. He no, but there was, like, numerous little insidious things that were, like, he may not have said, go and storm the Capitol and do all these terrible things, but even before, like, the speech, people were ready to do that. And then after the speech, he's like, I just want to see what they do. Hey, ho-ho-ho. Like, it goes on anyway. There's so much more, Brett, honestly. It's, uh, it's difficult to read this and then say, hey, Antifa did it, you know? <laughs> like, are you fucking for real? Well... There are videos showing that the cops actually did just open up the barricades and let them storm through. And then once they got to the Capitol building itself, that's when it's like, oh, we need to stop these guys. There weren't enough cops there. Like, I think when I saw that, I mean, that footage sucks. Anyone who talks about that footage, like, you don't really know what's happening there. You don't know if they're opening the barrier to, like, ease the amount of popul- uh, the population there compared to like somewhere else or something. You have no idea why they're opening those barriers could be for any reason whatsoever. Well, it all comes down to, you I know, people, um, I mean, it, it comes it, down to like, I don't get paid enough to deal with this shit. Go I ahead. mean, it could be like, like people, <laughs> I mean, I totally agree. People on the left, like crazy people on the left might be saying some crazy shit like, Oh, they just let them in. And crazy people on the right are like, Hey, look, they just let them in as if it was like a false flight. And it's like both of these people are fucking dumb shits. You should just stop talking about politics instantly. Instantly, like you have no idea what was going on there. Could be fair, like well, a, 
a myriad of reasons why they opened those barriers. But there was a cop inside who looked pretty fucking terrified when he was faced with like a group of fucking people coming towards him. He had his baton out and shit, and he was um. I'll see if I can find you the footage of that, dude. Like, <coughs> this is scary shit. The cop is like, I mean, he's trying to do his job, but he's shit in his pants. So maybe that was the uh, maybe that was the overall theme of the day, you know, for the cops. Well, that's that's like that right there. He wants to go home at the end of the day alive with his family, but at the same time, it's like I understand what cops go through, which I'm sh- sure if anybody has ever served, it's a hellish job because you don't know from one situation to the next whether you might be taking a life or you might be losing your life. So it's like, and they don't really make a whole lot a year to do their job. And I know I do know that they do some side jobs, volunteer work, stuff like that for certain stuff along that line to help them make a little bit more money to get through the year. So it's like, honestly, a cop doesn't really make a whole lot. If he were to do a standard, you know, standard, depending on what state he's in and what branch, you know, he might only make anywhere from thirty to 50000 a year. And that's really low in our economy. At least over here in the United States, you know, if you make less than 40000 here a year, you're pretty much living minimum wage, which is what. I mean, I'm sure there's good benefits. I don't really know about their whole thing. See, I think what's really interesting, Brett, is um, you, when you start talking, you turn the conversation into money pretty much every time you start talking. It's like you start talking that's about um, finances, that's everything right? Over here. So that's everything over honestly, here. Honestly, it seems like what you're mainly interested in for you and your people is like cheaper housing and like working less hours and just sort of like having a better life and low-key i just think you're a socialist like you're just a socialist in disguise like you want all the kind of same things that socialists want when it comes to workers and workers rights you know hey did i not mention it earlier if the government would pay what the hell i want i would actually i would actually go like here you go (laughs) honestly uh but they don't pay enough so (laughs) just to get back on the topic of the tweets we were um, following, uh, Seth Abramson then tweeted, uh, Trump then seems to catch himself repeating the phrase, I just really want to see, but now adding, how they cover it, the Save America March. It's hard to know, therefore, perhaps deliberately, whether what they do means what the media does or what the marchers do there there is this <laughs> there is this sort of dichotomy uh, in trump's uh, opinion making where he, he searches for um for opinions that make him popular to his followers but he seems to he, he seems to also catch himself thinking what the media says as well yeah, it's just so that he has some kind of plausible ident- like uh, plausible deniability to his base, you know? I wonder how the media will cover it. Like, dude, just don't care what happens here, dude. Just know that no matter what happens, it's not going to make us look good. So when the media makes us look bad, like, we already know that's going to happen, dude. It's just like this next, it's just another little insidious way of being like, 
plausible deniability about things like, hey, my base, you know the media is going to say all this about us anyway. Well, it's like I was watching a little bit with uh, Fox News earlier, and they were doing like live interviews with like Pelosi and some of the other people and stuff. And <laughs> hearing Pelosi talk, oh, he should be impeached, you know, for like she couldn't give a cause saying that he was, you know, whatever. And I'm sitting here like listening. It's like there's only one reason why you want him impeached, and that's because if you impeach him, he wouldn't be able to run for office again in four to eight years. So I I kind of get why they want to impeach him, but yet at the same time, it's like really that's a low blow, and that's why they're trying to do the impeachment currently because they don't want him back in there because they know whatever they succeed in doing within the next four to eight years is going to is they're pretty much going to ruin whatever he comes back in to try to fix. So do you think um, the impeachment, if he gets impeached, do you reckon that's going to be justified, Brett, at this point? If Trump gets impeached, I would consider that a low blow and understand that everybody on the uh, Democratic side is corrupt. Okay, so maybe at the end of this podcast, we can maybe convince you that Trump has incited an insurrection in like his own country and maybe we can like convince you that he's done some really fucked up shit and that like like everyone else in the world apart from Trump supporters are thinking what the fuck right now you know well I want to I want to also mention you know I haven't heard nothing from about North Korea for a long time and then here just recently, because Trump's out of the North picture. Korea. That's because North Korea does this thing. Uh, the, I mean, just moving off topic real quick, North Korea's plan is to um, postulate, to make them look themselves look like, oh, don't come near us, or we'll sting you with our nuclear missile, stay away. And then it comes to a point where they reach out to America, or America reaches out to them, and... Every time it's sort of happened before, like, it's always been, it's always been just... Like North Korea's sort of like this is just another play for them to stay in like the global position that they're in, you know? And they just do this little play every now and again. And Trump fucking fell for it. Like, I'm not being funny. What happened with North Korea is North Korea basically killed someone for removing a poster in some horrific way. Fucking everyone thought Trump was gonna go over and cause some shit. He shook Kim Jong-un's hand and stuff, just like the North Koreans wanted him to. Got the fuck out of Dodge. North Korea's off the hook. Like, North Korea got exactly what they wanted out of America during that exchange. And it's like, for people who have, like, researched and for people who have um, studied North Korea's politics, they knew exactly what was happening and that, and that Trump was just getting played. And he did. And that's well, why North Korea, that's why nothing's happened to him. That's why you've not heard well, about him, dude. They shouldn't be a state. We don't really know. They are still we a state. North Korea, I mean, America, after they did that to Otto Warmberg, America had the fucking opportunity to maybe, I mean, it was probably going to be fucked up, but at least they had the opportunity to maybe cause some change in there. But they just got fucking played, dude. Well, on the same note... Like, that, I always like, feel bad really, for, like, Otto's family a little bit. Like, do you really want to go to war with a power that is not afraid to use nukes? Like, I, like, I, like They can't... They haven't gotten high. 
they may postulate that they've got some kind of nuclear capability, but wasn't that the whole reason that we went to war with Iraq and we didn't fucking find any, dude? <laughs> like, <whoop. laughs> Even if North Korea does have uh, nuclear capabilities, in the past when we were faced with the situation where two nuclear-capable ca powers in the world can enter into a nuclear war, they always take a step back because... If North Korea does start a nuclear war, it doesn't just end the world for Americans, it ends the world for them as well. A nuclear war has the, the, the probability rather than possibility to just wipe out all, all life on the face of the earth. It, it is difficult to believe that there will be a nuclear-capable war anytime soon. But anyways, North Korea, well, North Korea only exists because it's basically a border country for China. It's like China's little bulldog in the back garden, right? And when they killed someone, like outright killed someone and mailed the pieces back, fucking America had every right to do something. I'll go to China and be like, you need to fucking sort your boy out. I'll do something and cause some change. But they didn't do any shit. It was such a well, waste like of opportunity. Like talking about I don't want to say like the guy's death was an opportunity, but like I feel like something more should have happened from that, and it just fizzled out. But it anyway, like that right there, yes, something should have happened for that. But at the same time, though, when you have Russia backing either side, you know, if say that say that Korea did launch a nuke, at Russia US and China do not back each other. I don't think. Well, Russia was backing. Korea if America attacked first. So if Korea would have launched a rocket over and it would have hit the United States and blew up, Russia would have backed us. The last thing every country in the entire planet wants is a war with America because they'll lose. Even if, I mean, even if like half the world banded together against America, they would probably lose. And I think that's why it's like so terrifying and every world leader has come out and said how they're completely shocked and everything about America because it's like it's leading towards like Trump's base has just massively leaned towards complete fascism at this point so it's a massive worry you know when when the world police turn fascist bro well you have to look at it major you've got responsibilities okay <laughs> major the major superpowers is the United States China and Russia those are the three major superpowers right now. Nobody wants to go to war with any of the three. Nobody wants to go to war with anyone who's got an assembly of nuclear arms to use. That's why, I mean, that's, I mean, low-key, that might be um, the reason that we're living in such a peaceful time right now. And that's pretty much the reason why. Nobody wants to throw the first hit, and it's like, it... But I, I'd still go for abolishing actually, the army. It, actually, uh, yeah, but what one of your commenters just said, that's why the U.S. isn't fighting the war on terror alone. That's why Britain's over in Iraq with us. Um, Australian troops, er, just damn near everybody's over in Iraq, Iran, and all them. It wasn't just America alone. Everybody was there. There was even some Russian troops there. There was troops from China. There was troops from everywhere. That is a fair point. Russia fought in Afghanistan with with America, 
and with uh, NATO forces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they wouldn't do it now. I mean, the the political spectrum hasn't changed that much since Afghanistan in in terms of geopolitics. They, if there is a threat like that, where where a country is attacked in that way, I don't believe uh, anyone would side with the terrorist. N- not in that manner, either way. And that, and that's kind of like what. Like when you guys talk, sit here and talk about, you know, like how we were closing up our borders and stuff as well. How Trump was trying to enforce that stuff, you know, uh, building a wall and stuff. It wasn't building a wall for the for the people that were coming here legally. It was to block out the minorities that were a terroristic threat, stuff like that. Can I just say the war on terror? Like that was a like. That was a shit show. Like, the war on terror didn't, like, just like the war on drugs. Like, you lost both them fucking wars. I'm terrified of America right now. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you didn't... I'm full of terror. (laughs) I would say um, that in our generation, America might be the biggest issue. Because if if Trump proved anything is that America isn't a goody-two-shoes nation. Uh, America can and will, if pushed into it, turn uh, into full alt-right politics or full alt-left politics. It's it's such a varied spectrum that I don't think our generation can rely on America the same way our grandfather's generation right after World War II could. I I don't like, think like, it's that reliable a superpower anymore. I I kind of wish we knew somebody who was in the in the Japanese spectrum a little bit, who knew a little bit more about Japanese history a little bit better. Did you see the Japanese Trump? Yo, can I just show you this? Did you see the Japanese uh, Trump rally? There was a Trump rally uh, the, in Japan. The Japanese stop the steal match. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know about that. That's 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 a new one. <laughs> But um, like, but like some of the like some Japanese, you know, even straight up say, you know, they screwed up when they tugged on the tail of the United States, because once they tugged on our tail and we turned around and bit them, they knew instantly they were done. When you have a major superpower, one that you know was a dormant, you know, it's like even today we're still dormant. The war on terror. <clears throat> It's a hit or miss. So it's like we're not really full-blown opened up, you know, going at it because now everybody's all together. We haven't really had, like, another like another world war. If we had another world war within the next, you know, 10, 20 years or something, you actually would see America's dominance right then and there. You would see a lot of the countries the way they dominate right then and there of what they were good for. But we'll probably never see one of those days at all. Uh, I have to cut in here and interrupt because our time is uh, nearly done. Uh, I'd like to end uh, today's episode uh, by asking Brett if uh we actually did manage to change your um 
your views. Oh no, we need the... we need much more time. We didn't even get through any of those tweets. <laughs> I need about yeah. three, four years. I'm gonna spend. I'm gonna spend. Mind. I'm gonna spend like the next like four hours on call <laughs> with Brett. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, though, we we can't we can't uh, take more time on this podcast. But what I'd suggest is, if you're up for it, Brett. Uh, restarting this conversation on the next Sunday. Next Sunday? All right. Okay. Uh, with uh, our episode, our first episode uh, done, I'd like to thank everyone who's watching on Twitch right now, live, uh, as well as the people watching on YouTube or Spotify or wherever uh, this podcast does end up being published. Uh, I'd also like to thank Brett uh, for uh, uh, coming on the podcast and being such a good sport. Uh, and uh, we'll welcome him later. back. <laughs> and we'll welcome him back uh, next week. Uh, with this being the end of our stream, I'll say goodbye and thank you for watching.